Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Here We Are. On today's episode, we will talk about the up-to-date AFC East standings. What a surprise, the Dolphins choked. And the Bills are one game behind the Miami Dolphins after going into Arrowhead Stadium and absolutely stomping on the Chiefs' throats. And the Bills are right back where they want to be. But there is a lot of work to be done as the Dallas Cowboys are heading to town as the Bills are favored by two and a half. That line makes absolutely no sense. We will break down the Bills-Chiefs game and what I liked and what I did not like, who I thought had excellent games, and who is really going to have to step up if the Bills have a prayer of getting the job done. We'll talk about around the league how the Chiefs are a bunch of crybabies over what was clearly a penalty. I'll break down on my thoughts, and then we will talk about the road ahead and my closing thoughts as we head into another war at Orchard Park. My life be like... Welcome, everybody, to Episode 7. Man, was it in an incredible Week 14 after what seemed to be a really, really boring schedule of games turned out to be outstanding. There were some huge shockers, uh, one of which being the New York Jets absolutely pummeling Houston. Couldn't believe it, um, but really helping the Bills out. Everybody in the AFC East helped the Bills. And then the Bengals as well winning was massive. But the Bills did what they needed to do in the AFC East after last night's absolute epic, historic choke job by the Dolphins. The Bills are one game back in what seems very within reach to get the division. That is hard to believe, folks, after where this team was just a few weeks ago. But I'm telling you, with this remaining schedule that the Dolphins have and all the injuries that they sustained last week, outside of the Jets game, they have to play the Ravens, they have to play the Cowboys, and then they finish with the Bills in Miami. This is no joke for the Dolphins. They are really looking down the barrel of what was a promising looking season, and the Bills are right there. Careful, Tua. Objects are closer than they appear in the mirror, and Josh Allen's coming right up behind you. Better not let him get in front. Man, I I, I can't believe. I, I went to bed last night uh, as Derrick Henry fumbled, as a lot of people did. You know, it was a close game for a while. I actually was watching the most of the Giants game. I had the Packers in my survivor pool, which – well, that sucked. But again, it's pretty cool to see what Tommy DeVito's doing as a Syracuse fan. I can support what he's doing. DeVito's from about an hour north of where I currently live. I'll always root for the hometown kid. Um, always want to support Dable, given all the hate that I gave him when he finally got the hell out of Buffalo. I was so thrilled. I would do anything to have him back. But I'm going to root for the Giants. 
they're not going to be a problem for us at all unless we meet them in the Super Bowl, then good luck. But um, as the AFC East stands right now, man, I, I, I just – this Cowboys game just became so much bigger. But before we get to that, I want to break down my thoughts on Bills Chiefs. The Bills went into Arrowhead Stadium and Josh Allen beat Patrick Mahomes again in his stadium in the regular season. Now I realize that the Bills have lost to them twice in the postseason in Arrowhead. But there's something to be said for Josh Allen being able to continually go to that stadium and find ways to win. Now the game was marred by controversy depending on who you talk to. But I'm just going to get right to it. In any universe, if you thought that that was not the right call, you are just completely lying to yourself. Tony was clearly offsides. He did not check with the line judge, and it nullifies the play. That's the rule. And after the game, Patrick Mahomes throws an absolute hissy fit about, oh, this is the worst call I've ever seen. Can't even say good game to Josh Allen. Whatever. Who cares? Josh Allen was your daddy. Okay? But you go and you complain, and your your comments are all about how, well, the line judge didn't warn us. It's his job to warn us. You want the ref to help you cheat? That's what you're asking. It, it's so stupid. It's He's offsides. As a quarterback... It's your job to pay attention to those things, okay? And as a wide receiver, that's something you learn in modified football to check with the line judge. Kadarius Tony had multiple times in this game that he did not check with the line judge, okay? Maybe they didn't catch it earlier on in the game, but when the game mattered most, the ref saw it and they threw the flag. And you got to deal with that. And if you have a problem with it, maybe you should have stopped the Bills because the Bills gave you every single opportunity to win this game. But to Sean McDermott's credit, he finally, at the end of the game, sent the pressure and look what happened. That was a major gut check for this team. I will admit, as anyone that knows me when you watch these games, uh, I, I just, I, I, I just predict the next absolute worst thing that could happen to the Bills because I've seen it happen so many times. But it's because Sean McDermott has shown you that you have no reason to believe that anything's going to change. Well, you know what? As one of the biggest haters of Sean McDermott, take all that tie dung crap out. Let's just focus on Sean McDermott, the football coach, and what he does on the field. I have had absolutely no reason to believe that McDermott's going to get it done. Okay, he proved it otherwise in this one tiny example, but the Bills once again, under two minutes with the lead, Sean McDermott finally said, up yours, Andy Reid, I'm sending the pressure, your receivers are trash, and we are going to shut you down. And that is exactly what they did. And man, this win has the potential to absolutely shoot us out of a cannon because in full transparency, our offense absolutely sucked. Terrible. And we'll break down why, but I want to start with the defense. Going into these past few weeks, it, this, this was before even any of the injuries. We said that this stretch was really going to define the Bills season. 
But we also thought that coming into these games and getting to the Eagles game, that the Bills were going to be in way better position than they are. But the AFC has been anything but what people have uh, expected to happen. And the Bills are right back in it. And the defense, the signing of Linville Joseph and Rasul Douglas has shot life into areas of this team that desperately needed it. And I'll tell you what, Ed Oliver and Leonard Floyd, man, they are an absolute force. Leonard Floyd was absolutely outstanding in this game. He was outstanding in the Eagles game as well. Obviously, we didn't get it done there. But this game was won in the trenches. Now, we weren't able to get tons of pressure on Patrick Mahomes. But we were finally starting to send the blitz. And these guys were able to make moves, get to Patrick Mahomes, and disrupt things and force the ball out. Were we getting tons of sacks? No. But these receivers are not good enough to get out and get open in space. So by putting pressure on them, the Bills were able to force the ball out of Mahomes' hands. And you saw what happened. Tons of incompletions, throwing it behind them, forcing the ball out, making him uncomfortable. Okay? That, that, that's how it's done. That was a masterclass by Sean McDermott. And another game that the Chiefs were not able to break 20 points. If I'm a fan of the Chiefs, I am really concerned about what I'm seeing because there is nothing to be optimistic about with that team, with the exception that you have number 15 at quarterback. But even then, who does he have to throw to? Because Travis Kelsey, as good as he is, there is no other game breaker on that offense. Now, I'm not going to count the Chiefs out. They are absolutely going to be in the playoffs and will be a problem. But they don't scare me. Okay. Now, offensively, uh, granted, we're only a few games into Joe Brady's tenure, but I, I thought this was by far just a horrible performance by Joe Brady in the second half. The first half was great. Establish the run. You had 143 all-purpose yards by James Cook. And I have said episode and episode after the other, that James Cook is the difference maker for this offense outside of Josh Allen. And you saw that. Whether it was on the ground or through the air, he was absolutely stellar. And you saw right away on that first drive, a couple good James Cook runs, nice little run pass option, James Cook wide open, touchdown. Okay, excellent. Again, Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Josh Allen gets the ball. Nice little angry run. Josh Allen gets pushed in the end zone. Boom, 14-0. And we are immediately in the driver's seat of this game. Now, towards the end of the half, Josh Allen had the potential to put the Bills up at least 17 to nothing. And this is where if the Bills want to make a run, this mistake that Josh Allen happened, had happened, this, this has to be eliminated. The interceptions in these situations have to stop because it completely shifted the outcome of this game. Josh Allen throws an interception and Patrick Mahomes drives right back and it's 14-7. Okay. That can't happen. 
We go into halftime and Spagnola makes some adjustments and starts sending all kinds of pressure in our offensive line. This was by far the worst game I have seen out of this offensive line this year. They couldn't stop anything. And I tell you what, looking forward to Dallas, I am I am having nightmares of watching this Dallas defensive line, especially Micah Parsons against Spencer Brown. I am going to have nightmares. Chris Jones absolutely bullied Dion and Spencer Brown. Now, this is going to happen. It's not like we haven't gone against uh, good defensive lines yet. We've gone against Crosby. We've gone against Young. There's definitely some guys, Quinn and Williams, plenty of guys that uh, the Bills have seen that uh, gives me some confidence in it. But this Cowboys defense is going to scare me. We'll get to that. I think my good and bad from the game, the bad was absolutely the offense in the second half. We could not just stick to what was working. I know I talk a lot about adjustments, but there wasn't much to adjust. We had established the run, and then as it got closer to the fourth quarter, Joe Brady hit the panic button and just started passing every single down. And we didn't need to do that. I, I I was really disappointed to not see more of James Cook in the second half. We were trying to run the same screen to Diggs, and it just doesn't work. It's the third week in a row that we're just trying so hard to involve Diggs in these screens instead of just letting him do what he does best, which is quick routes, out routes, plants across the middle, to get those easy first downs and be that safety outlet for Josh Allen. Stephon Diggs had 11 targets and only caught four balls. Multiple drops was a non-factor in this game. Had arguably the best corner in football this year on him being Sneed, but that shouldn't matter. The amount of money that we are paying Stephon Diggs to be elite, he needs to find more ways to get involved. Now, any of these people saying Diggs has been playing terrible and you know, we got to get him the ball more and all that. If 11 targets is not sufficient for you and leads you like these air raid morons on Twitter that say we need to get Diggs more involved, I, I, I just don't know what world you're living in, okay? 11 targets is more than enough opportunity for a player to make plays. But four catches for what was, I think, 24 yards, that's just not good enough, okay? But we have seen what Stefan Diggs can do. And I am absolutely bullish that in this Cowboys game, we are going to see a different Stephon Diggs. There were 10 receivers that got targets in this game. That is outstanding. Nine of which had a catch. When you talk about difficulty to prepare for a team, if you're using nine different guys in the passing game, technically 10, obviously only nine got catches, but it makes it so much more difficult to prepare for this team. Look at Deontay Hardy. He had three snaps in this game, but he made arguably the most important catch of the entire game. It was an excellent route, a phenomenal throw by Josh Allen, and continued what was the game-winning drive. Josh Allen had one of the most insane passes of his career to Latavius Murray. Guys, I'm going to be honest, I don't think it was a catch. But nonetheless, 
maybe we're finally on the right side of the officials. And not maybe, I mean, we obviously got the call at the end. But as I said, clearly offsides, clear penalty had to be thrown. Deal with it, Chiefs fans. But I really, really, really hated when Joe Brady did not run the football and force the Chiefs to use a timeout, okay? Heard McDermott's explanation after the game and knowing, like, we we wanted the bigger lead, we needed to go for the touchdown. Like, maybe this is the one game where you can make that exception, but I still just thought some of the clock management was pretty weird. Even at the end of the first half, you could see Josh Allen on the camera saying, what are we doing when there was five seconds left? That's going to take time, right? We need to keep in mind that Joe Brady, this is his third game as offensive coordinator. Things are not going to be perfect. I thought Brady still in the second half showed a lot of good things, but overall just not his best work. But that is okay. At the end of the day, the Bills were able to get the job done. Absolutely love it. I'm so excited to see what is coming. Now, as we move into the Dallas game, oh, man, I, I, I do not know how, this, how the Bills are favored. Now, do I think the Bills could win? I do. But, man, there is a lot to be concerned with on this Dallas offense. You have an excellent receiving core, and they have an ability to run the football. Now, the Bills have shown an ability to shut down some of the best offenses. And I was really worried about the Eagles uh, rushing, but they kind of just abandoned the run. And you saw in the second half when they started giving the ball to Swift, everything changed. There are some major injuries to the Bills defense, one of which if Micah Hyde can't go, that is going to be my sole point of focus is if Taylor Rapp can be an adult and make an excellent showing for what will be the biggest game of the year. Folks, if the Bills can beat Dallas, we are completely breathing down the necks of Miami to win the division. Yes, I said last week we're not winning the division because I didn't think in my wildest dreams the Dolphins would lose a game in what was the worst passing defense in the NFL and the Dolphins were not able to get a win. Now, what's even crazier is 0 and 467. That is the record of teams that are down 14 with three minutes left in an NFL game. But the Dolphins said, meh, we'll blow the game. We'll be the first one. It's like when Virginia decided that it was time for them to lose to a 16 seed. The Dolphins decided that they would make themselves sacrifice. But now all the Dolphins fans that were running their mouth about winning the division, being the one seed and two of the MVP, I was so satisfied watching Tua have to operate without Tyreek Hill, how bad they looked. Now, I like I, I like 
Tua. There's no reason to dislike him outside of the fact that he's on our division rival, but, and I'm not going to be one to ever root for injuries. I wanted to beat the Dolphins at full strength. That's what we did. We whooped them. Okay. Now I want to be able to whoop them in week 18. So Tyreek Hill, if you're listening to this, please get healthy because I need Rasul Douglas to absolutely shut you down. But Tyreek Hill goes down. I think it made it clear. I had that hot Jordan Travis take. I think that the NFL saw everything that they need to see that Tyreek Hill is the MVP. Maybe it's a ridiculous take, but I mean, this, this offense is built on explosive plays and McDaniel has all these cute motions and things that without Tyreek Hill, you're kind of eliminating that fear of what they can do. So, so be it. But good luck, Miami, because with those offensive linemen that you're likely going to have out, and if Tyreek Hill can't go, this Jets defense, as they have all year, are going to have a field day, and it is going to be a dogfight. And Zach Wilson is playing like a man that has absolutely nothing to lose. I'm going to be watching that game closely. I think the road ahead, um, it, it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, I, I'm going to get to my Dallas picks, and we'll do a deeper dive of the Dallas game uh, later this week. But I, I'm watching the Bengals really closely because I'm telling you folks, I was at that game. Jake Browning looks pretty darn good. And maybe it's just that the system that he's in has uh, allowed him to have this success, but he looks like a quarterback that's going to make some noise. And I'm telling you, I, I'm this Bengals receiving core is so good, they're going to keep themselves in every single game. And the Bengals defensive line is good enough to stay with anybody. The team that shocked me that also is in the Bills' way is the Cleveland Browns. Joe Flacco looks like his MVP years. But I've always said there's always that flash in the pan with the Bills that or with uh in the NFL with backup quarterbacks, sorry, that a couple games with no film on them in a certain system, you don't know what to expect. Usually teams start to figure it out. I said that about Tommy DeVito. I took the Packers in my Survivor League, and that got completely shoved in my face. And you know what? There's enough film out there on Joe Flacco. So maybe my theory on, you know, a little bit of film on guys and eventually they get shut down, maybe I'm wrong. But um, the only team in the AFC right now that I see as someone that is a legitimate threat to the Bills is going to be the Ravens. But I am solely focused on this Cowboys game and, oh, God. Man, would that win feel good in front of our hometown, hometown fans, home game, baby. Oh, it's going to be great. I, I can't, I'm like getting jittery just sitting here thinking about it, but I'm also fully prepared to have my heart ripped out. Now, um, overall, this season is my closing thoughts. Just this season has been beyond upsetting. The issue I was saying all season was that Ken Dorsey was absolutely the biggest crutch to this team. 
and you have seen the difference in this offense in the last three games, okay? Good teams are able to win win games. Great teams take everything in stride and find their way into the postseason. Josh Allen has emerged as one of the best quarterbacks in football, if not the best. He absolutely has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in the NFL, but he also has the ability to make some of the biggest head-scratching mistakes. I do fear that the loss on defense is going to be too much for the Bills to overcome as even getting Daquan Jones back, potentially not having Matt Milano and Trey White could be incredibly difficult. But I have regained a belief that this team can find their way into the wild card. And then at that point, why not make a run? Because the AFC is wide open. Being a Bills fan my entire life, I know better than to hang it up. This is the best fan base in the business. I would do anything to continue rooting for my Bills as long as that goes. Let's just enjoy the run and let's shut down the star in Orchard Park on Sunday. The Dolphins' loss is massive. You all have all kinds of reasons to believe that this Bills team now can turn the corner. But you also have reasons to believe that the fear of that Patriots loss and Broncos loss and Jags loss and some of those real head scratchers could come back. But the only one on that team right now that has the ability to shut all of that out and put the team on his back is Josh Allen. And I'm riding with my quarterback and he is absolutely in his prime and we are not here to waste those years. We'll get to more on next episode about Dallas Cowboys against Buffalo Bills. But I will also have my must-bet parlay. That is two weeks in a row that I have not missed on my must-bets. And we will have another parlay to make you all money. But until then, stay focused, stay determined, burn those boats, because we're going to war again in Orchard Park this Sunday. Thanks, folks, for tuning in. We'll talk again later this week. And please say your prayers for Micah Hyde and AJ Take care, folks. This here we are. Concludes for today.